Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, I really enjoy catching up with Robbie D'Angelo. It sort of it kind of helps me personally just kind of think for a second to say, okay, what can I do to kind of sharpen my approach a little bit? You know, we, we, we don't always stay as focused as we need to on our physical and mental health. And uh, something I, I like to like to pay a lot of attention to. And when I'm with him, it just reminds me that I can raise the bar higher for myself and, and it's good. I hope that has the same effect on you. And one of the other things about it is that when, when one guest is on, usually another guest, the next guest is going to be on the show gets to join in on Skype. And so they get to listen. And our next, our next guest, Wayne Rodolfich, who's from the Pascola Gauche school system um, and a longtime friend of Kosovo, I might add, he, he got to listen in for a second. And, you know, it is motivating to, and it is a reminder about the basic nature of setting goals and working to achieve goals. I don't care where you are on the spectrum, where you are on the on the paradigm. The reality is, we all have to work hard at that, don't we, uh, Wayne? There's no question, and I can't tell you how motivated I was listening to Mr. D'Angelo and knowing his family and like you say all the time basically along the Gulf Coast we're all acquainted in some way and have some connection some way and I was thinking back to Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule and the amount of practice that you have to have in order to be an expert at whatever you do but also just recently Alex Hunnell the guy who actually climbed El Capitan without a rope uh, talked about his journey there and at Half Dome, and he'd actually climbed Half Dome uh, and almost died as a result of not having a plan. And then he planned to climb El Capitan for about seven or eight years. And he said it was effortless for him to scale that rock face. Uh, but it's a tremendous 11 minute YouTube video about his journey and the value of planning. And, and so I would say that. Uh, Mr. D'Angelo is on the right track as it relates to finding things to motivate you. Well, incidentally, that climb of El, El Capitan, what a great National Geographic special that is, because it really does give you a sense of the commitment he made. And I remember this one part of the climb. There were several really hairy parts of the climb, but one particular part of the climb where he had to reach way, way over and almost jump to, to find the finger uh, footing or whatever you call it when you when he gets to the grasp there and without any safety lines, man. Good Lord, how mercy. What a what a scary thing. But but first of all, he was at the top of his game and he literally didn't let and he took a very data driven approach to that climb. He didn't let any detail go unfocused on and he and he and he incrementally mastered every segment of that so that as you pointed out, by the time he did it, he did it effortlessly. Thank God he did it effortlessly because it was being, you know, a documentary was being made and we would have watched him fall to his death. You know, it would just been terrible. But but that's a great example. I mean, it's a great example. And it's just, it's inspiring. I mean, the people, you know, yourself, Wayne, and the people who you see surrounding you who are successful at what they do, they never stop focusing on how they can continue to sharpen their saw and take themselves to the next level, do they? 
No, and, and look, I trained my entire administrative team on that 11-minute YouTube video about the value and importance of planning. And the other thing, if you'll remember back in that particular, the, the, the long video, he had not successfully made that very difficult transition while he had a rope. He had actually lost his footing multiple times on that. And uh, it's just amazing to me because you could see the people who are veterans with him were very concerned about his ability to make that one move. And when he finished, he said, look, I'd visualize this climb. I had mapped out every inch of that mountain. I knew exactly what I was doing. And at no time did I feel in peril while I was doing it. And I think there's so much that can be learned from every organization about that level of planning. Well, you know, you know, when you go set out to watch that, that climb on National Geographic, if you haven't seen it, I would really highly encourage it. I mean, it's hard for me to watch because I have a bit of a fear for, of heights, but you know he survived it. You you know that he made it. <laughs> okay, so he made it. You're watching it knowing he made it. It still is heart pounding. It's You still worry while you're watching it that he's going to fall. It's just what an incredible thing. But it just brings focus back to what Robbie is saying, and that is that the key to success is, is focusing on what comes into your mind, so your mental health and your physical health and, and being focused on that, you know, sort of working hard to reach your full potential. So anyway, it's been a while since we've chatted with each other, and I was glad you got to be part of that transition with Robbie and me. But how's your life these days? My life is great. We're having a really good year. You know, the number of COVID cases are reducing dramatically in this month. We're hoping to see the end of the tunnel with that uh, as we move through the school year. We've had this year had to shut down four schools for the 10-day period. Uh, for quarantine because of the number of cases that we had on those campuses. But at the beginning of the year, I came out very early and said, look, we're going to wear a mask. We're going to do everything in our power to prevent the spread of this virus. Uh, last year, we were highly successful with it. We were recognized for our success with it. Uh, you know, accountability numbers just came out, Ricky. And, you know, I applaud everyone who did really well with their accountability. And we feel like we did really well with it as well. We really moved up a lot of space. But the thing that we can't forget is the face-to-face -face uh, instruction that was lost during that time, whenever you calculate those numbers, and I'm calculating that number today, the number of days lost in face-to-face -face instruction and to be able to maintain where you were or get a little bit better was a tremendous achievement because no one can understand the peril that anyone who's working in the public sector, regardless of who they are, but especially teachers who are confined to classrooms with students on a daily basis, the level of courage it takes to show up every day and make that effort, not only for them, but for the families of those children. And the face-to-face -face we've learned is the most important thing that we can do for our students is to maintain that face-to-face -face instructional opportunity. So I just, you know, I have to compliment our educators and the people who work in our school systems for the work they did, and as well as the medical professionals that are out there that I know that are on the front lines every day. But, you know, I can say that for anyone who works in the public sector. I'm just so proud of all those folks and how hard they work. But I also don't want to get caught up in an accountability maze where we're so concerned about, oh, well, we lost a few points here or there, that that becomes our focus because we can't forget the peril that we were all in with this pandemic. Yeah, people, as a general rule, you know this well, being a head educator, 
is that people have the tendency to have very short memories. <laughs> they, they do. And it's part of your role as a leader to help make sure that we always keep things in perspective. I mean, what a challenging, not just last year, but this year as well. I mean, I mean, I, the, the good news th about this year is that you were very doggedly determined to have in-person classroom engagement because last year, Man, we learned a lot, and and one of the things we learned is the critical role the teacher plays in a face-to-face -face environment and how important that was to the kids, but most importantly, as, as well, beyond the classroom. As you pointed out so many times, and you went on, a, on an effort to sort of bridge this gap, but some kids, the, the only good meal they got during the day was when they were at school. So you, it's your challenges on so many different levels, and uh, if we don't learn from those challenges, then we're, we may be destined to repeat ourselves. And our kids' educations are too important not to, to register the learnings and make the proper adjustments so that we can go forward. And you guys have worked hard to do that, haven't you? Yeah, well, and let me tell you that the silver lining, and I know you've talked to Glenn East, and Glenn and I work very closely together. We actually are the two longest-serving superintendents on the Gulf Coast. And what the benefit has been our teachers, every one of them, has had to learn how to work on a distance learning platform. We have had to get the appropriate bandwidth that's necessary for all of our school districts. We've had to get hotspots for those who weren't able to attain bandwidth. And we've had to learn to embrace technology at a much higher level than we ever have before. And I think that's the great benefit. And I think some of the advancement in the evolution of education from that is now students are less likely to miss a lot of school time because this infrastructure is now in place and everyone has been trained on this capability to share this information with students who may be home sick or may be out of school for a little while. And, you know, it does, and, and uh, the pandemic aside, although we never may, you know, unfortunately, we're going to live in a world where COVID is probably part of where we go, but we'll, we'll beat it down. And hopefully new, no new variant arises that, you know, that rivals Delta because this has been a, a challenging time. But, but, but the, the awareness of that technology, the ability to do it, learning that new skill set, it, it also creates innovative opportunities. And just beyond just having sort of a, 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 a situation where you can teach a kid that may not necessarily be able to come to the classroom, it, it creates opportunities to collaborate and do things that you probably didn't see possible before. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you what we did. We had a virtual tech camp for teachers last year. It was five days over the course of the entire year. We trained over 5,300 educators from every district in Mississippi except for one. And we were able to do 90 sessions using over 40 volunteers. It was totally free. And this was all done online because there was a deficit for educators in the state of Mississippi in understanding how to use these distance platforms. And as a school district, we wanted to provide that help and we were very successful with it. And it's one of the great innovations that we've been able to create as a result of the pandemic. There's always good that can come from challenge. There always is. I mean, we learned that after Hurricane Katrina. That's one of the what reasons why from those difficult times you become more resilient. That's just a reality. You will become more resilient if you pay attention and you learn from those situations. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Wayne Rodolfich. Also, listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. You know, one of the great things about sitting in this chair doing Coast View is I get to talk to a wide variety of people, you know, civic leaders, volunteers, people who lead uh, nonprofit organizations, people who lead uh, chambers and, and educational leaders. And under the educational leaders, we're really lucky here in coastal Mississippi to have a wide variety of incredible leaders. I think about Mary Graham at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. I, of course, just a second ago, Wayne Rodolphus mentioned Glenn East and his leadership in Gulfport, and then, of course, Wayne Rodolphus, and there are others. But I always learn something new from each of them. But you guys are, you know, really always focused on innovation, taking it to the next level. Tell me more about this process that you guys are involved in called Career Pathways. Well, we've actually created, we have what's called a freshman seminar. And one of the things that the, the business community, the industry community is always focused on is the product that we create from our schools. What are we teaching our students in schools that are practical applications of employment? And so we have a freshman seminar class where we actually built our own textbook. We interviewed 50 alumni from our school district who are out in their professional careers. And each of our students in our ninth grade go through this book. Every day they pick out one career one person from our district, and they learn about that career and what that person did to persevere and learn to become whatever profession they desire to become. The thing that we've done in our school district is created these career pathways where we have students who are getting uh, FAA license for unmanned aerial systems. We have uh, students that are in nursing classes getting their certified nursing assistance work. Uh, we have Ingalls, we have a higher up program for adults who are out of the uh, out of school, maybe not educated at the level that they need to be, who come into a training program and they go to work for Ingalls after six weeks in welding, machining, uh, pipe fitting, uh, just a wide array of things. And we have a, a high a menu of offerings for our students. And we actually sat down with 100 business and industries to talk to them about what are your needs. And we built a rubric from that, that every classroom in our district has this rubric and teachers go over it with our students on a daily basis. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty dynamic. I, I can remember a conversation that I had with Bill Lavers, who is the head of the Harrison County Development Com uh, Commission. And uh, he had a young man who was working with him from uh, Gulfport High. And I, I don't, maybe he was a junior even, you know, just brilliant guy in technology. And he was fixing stuff and doing some amazing stuff. I couldn't believe how far along this was. But, you know, in the old days, there was always some job awareness. But we're so much further along in understanding the connection between what you do. Not every kid's going to go get a four-year education. A lot will, but not every kid will. And there, there are certainly incredible opportunities for them to further their careers and job skills development or whatever it might be. And you guys are really in tune with that. You want kids to have a better feel for what's possible for them on the other side of graduation from high school. That's sort of the goal, isn't it? Yes. And look, every junior in our school district at both of our high schools do a job interview, a live interview with live uh, people from business and industry. Uh, this year, because of COVID, they are doing one-minute elevator speeches that they pre-record. These are presented to business and industry. They judge them, and then we award gift cards for the top interviews that are given by our students. So, you know, the, everything you can 
imagine we have internships for our students about 132 students are on internships now uh, we've had out of a higher program over 250 people that have been hired at angles that are now working in good uh, paying jobs uh, we have externships for our teachers where our teachers actually go through the real world and then make those applications in the classroom so there's a wide array of things that are being done that are a little bit different than what the past has but a lot more practical for today's workforce and when you see a kid highly motivated by the opportunities this creates for them, it makes you even more doggedly determined to want to make this program work better, even stronger, don't you? Well, the, the thing is, what, what I've tried to push through in my last several years as superintendent, let's find something that students are very motivated to do in their career. And then we'll make English and math and science a part of that. If you want to reach this goal, here are some of the foundational steps you have to make in order to get there. And that way it makes it a little bit easier to digest some of those subjects you may not like as much. Well, when you, I tell you what, when I, 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 talk, I talk about Ingalls and Chevron sort of being the bookends with Stennis Space Center over, the, over in Hancock County. But but it's true, they are. And you have all this stuff that's going on in between, you know, of course, the tourism and gaming and all that. I mean, we're very lucky to be here in coastal Mississippi. We're the economic engine that drives the state. But for a superintendent of schools like yourself, the opportunities that creates for students is incredible, isn't it? Well, and look, I'm, I'm the luckiest superintendent who ever lived. I've been able to work right in the middle of Chevron and Ingalls, both of which are located in our school district and help from Mississippi Power over the years. But it's just the additional information that you gather as a result of those relationships. Not only that, Ryan Miller, who's over Accelerate Mississippi, uh, Bill Ashley, who's at the MDA, all of those folks are people that I am working with right now. My team is working with them to ask them what can we do better and how can we help in this workforce that the Mississippi needs so terribly uh, in this time of great industrialization here. We need to grow our own, man. I, I, I know that so well. And the number one way we stop brain drain is we create an opportunity for kids to recognize where the opportunities are here and steer them in that direction. That way, they're more likely not to leave here when they when they you know, get out of high school or get out of college to find opportunities that they perceive they need to, to go to outside the state. Anyway. Wayne Rodolphin, thank you so much for giving us a kind of an update on what you've been up, up to. It's been great. We've, we should not wait so long before we come back together again. Hey, it's great seeing you guys again. I appreciate you allowing us to be on. You bet. And we'll uh, see you later. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.